0: ...nickname reflects the views of those Americans who viewed the Gilded Age as a period of worker exploitation, political corruption, urban crisis, and rising economic inequality. In response, radicals and reformers emerged who pushed a dramatic reform agenda during the Progressive Era, in the early 20th century. These so-called progressives included journalists like Ida Tarbell, labor activists like Big Bill Haywood, women's rights leaders like Alice Paul and politicians such as Theodore Roosevelt. In many ways, Theodore Roosevelt exemplifies the transition from the Gilded Age to the Progressive Era. He was born into wealth and privilege. He attended Harvard and counted among his many friends some of the most powerful and well-to-do men and women in America. So how then did Roosevelt emerge as a progressive, trust-busting reformer? One who was dedicated to taking on and diminishing the institutional power of those in his own social class wealthy individuals, corporations, and banks. What happened that prompted Roosevelt to do what his neighbors and peers would consider unthinkable? That is, to lead a social movement that challenged class privilege, criticized the excesses of capitalism, and called upon the government to take on new responsibilities in the name of protecting democracy, opportunity, and fair play. The answer is that progressives like Roosevelt came to believe that the excesses of the Gilded Age had made these reforms absolutely necessary to preserve the nation's Republican ideals and to ensure its prosperity for generations to come. Of course, not everyone agreed. And the contrast between the Gilded Age, an era dominated by the ideals of laissez-faire government and individualism, and the Progressive Era, an age shaped by the ideals of activist government and the common good, introduced lasting tensions into the American identity and American political culture. But let's begin at the beginning, with a wide-ranging examination of the United States in 1865, at the conclusion of a civil war that had raged for four years. The young republic had now survived the ultimate test, and at least in the North, there was much cause for celebration. Yet no American could ignore the astonishing damage done to the nation over the course of the conflict. President Lincoln, at the end of his second inaugural address in 1864, spoke poetically of a time when Americans would need to, quote, bind up the nation's wounds to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, unquote. But behind these eloquent words was the stark reality of massive human and material destruction. Let's consider some of the startling statistics. The war claimed somewhere between 620,000 and 750,000 lives. That's the equivalent to about 7 million Americans today. The loss of life in the South was particularly devastating. One in four Southern men of military age was killed. Beyond the human cost, there was the economic devastation. Many major Southern cities, including Atlanta, Charleston, uh, Richmond, lay in ashes. Across the South, 40% of its livestock was dead. 40% of its farm tools and equipment had been destroyed. And half of its rail stock lay in ruins. And of course, slavery had been abolished. A decision that wiped out about $2 billion that Southerners had invested in human property. Millions of Southerners, both white and black, faced homelessness, sickness, and starvation. Reconstructing the South, and by extension the Union itself, emerged as one of the greatest challenges the nation faced in the war's aftermath. But the Civil War did more than simply destroy people and things. Like so many wars, it unleashed extraordinary and unanticipated social, political, and economic changes. First and foremost, the abolition of slavery ended an institution that had been central to American life for nearly 250 years. Quite suddenly, some 4 million people previously considered property were now free. Second, the war necessitated a vast increase in the size and reach of the federal government. For example, during the Civil War, Congress authorized both a military draft and an income tax. It also borrowed billions of dollars and issued the first national paper currency, known as greenbacks. Congress also passed the Homestead Act in 1862 to promote farming in the West, And the Pacific Railway Act that same year to facilitate the building of a transcontinental railroad. These are just some of the most significant.